Sunday Show Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Carmen. Got the co-host here, Aaron Downtown Brown. Hey, hey. Another another interesting week on the off-season hot stove in the NFL. Yeah, I'd say so. I think um I I mean good thing uh <laughs> good thing um you know, I don't have too many heart problems at least knock on wood right now or <laughs> some of the, some of the news that that shot across the NFL kind of took me by surprise, but I've had a week to kind of let it settle in and let me uh think about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I I'm, I mean your team's making moves and my team is doing nothing. So it's <laughs> <laughs> Hey, maybe that means they'll try to make a big boom in the draft. Yeah. Uh well they have two first round picks, so let's hope so. I mean There you go. If they draft another skill guy and the with those two first round picks, I'm I'm literally gonna jump out a window. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. They, they, they keep they keep doing it backwards. Like you gotta before I go down this rabbit hole, well, you, you got to draft from the inside out. That's how like successful franchises do it. Like you build on your offensive line, then you worry about the the skill players after, unless you can get a franchise quarterback. Yeah, That's- I agree. I agree with that motto. Yeah, it's a proven methodology that has worked for 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 decades. <laughs> yeah, you can't draft elite running backs and wide receivers uh, without taking care of the offensive line first. That's right. Hey, well, at least the I mean, for all those who aren't aware, Giants. I'm assuming you're. I mean, I know you're talking about, but um, I mean, they got a new regime, so I mean, you never know. I mean, they might they might make some some moves, tricks up their sleeve with. Well, I mean, there's actually a couple of defender uh, free agents left. I think Bobby Wagner's left and. Well, Peppers is coming from the Giants, but Matthews left. They, there's some good. You know, we we yeah. kind of covered most of the offensive guys, but there's some good defenders out there still. Well, they, they did sign one offensive lineman uh, from the Patriots, so I thought that was a good start. But I mean, they got to address it anyways with more than one. But before we get down that rabbit hole, let's jump right into it. Uh, MMA minute here, and. Uh, I went three out of five this week with my picks. So overall, if you just bet a parlay, then you didn't hit. But if you bet them as single plays, uh, you were doing pretty good, especially because Kai Car France was probably the biggest hit. He was a he was as high as a plus three twenty and as low as a plus two eighty, and he ended up winning. And he beat a guy that was like supposed to be the next guy up. And now Kaikar France is kind of throwing a monkey wrench in the plans there. So mm-hmm. if you did that was single- a good match, I like that. That was a good match. I actually didn't. I had him obviously in betting, you know, kind of going with, with, with your picks. I didn't know. I didn't know they were going to pick him as the, uh, as the, uh, the winner, but I think they're, I think what the judges do sometimes is they got to give it to the guy that's making more of the move to win and not the guy that's like trying not to lose. That's how I took that that judgment. I don't know your thoughts. Yeah, no, yeah, I was I was actually really impressed with uh, Kai Car France's wrestling defense because this guy Askarov, his whole game plan is like is like wrestling heavy. Most of these guys, um, out of that area in Russia, are all Khabib, like we call them Khabib Juniors. You know, they're all super heavy wrestlers. So I thought. It was quite impressive to watch Kai Car France win some wrestling exchanges, but then you could tell when he when he hits, man, he hits hard. Yeah, he has got power for a, a lightweight guy. So m- most people are like, "Ooh, taken aback by his power," and um, he's like one win away from a title shot. I think he's he's like knocking on the door. So that was a nice single play if you bet it. Cause he was, a, like I said, he was a plus two eighty or a plus three twenty, depending on when you bet him. Um, so, so since I've started this MMA minute, I think overall I'm nine and six, uh, not, not bad. Three, three above 500. So you'd be winning if you bet them all a single place. 
And uh, depending on how you put your bets together, it still comes out as a, a winning record. So we don't have a fight this weekend in the UFC, but we got a big one coming up April 9th. So I've already kind of got some bets I'm, I'm telling the fans to listen to, but I'm going to wait for next week's episode to talk through that one because there's some guys that I love, absolutely love in, in the next card. But right. it's too early, and I want to wait. I want to wait to make sure these guys make weight. No one comes down with COVID, any of those type of things. So we right. got a week to wait on makes that. Sense. One. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So I guess we'll get right into it, uh, Mister Brown. We got some running back news this week from a dynasty perspective. We've we've covered wideouts. We've covered quarterbacks. So now we're gonna we're talking about running backs today. And I guess we'll kick it off with uh, what's your take on the Miami Dolphins running back situation? Yeah, so Miami they've made they've made some moves uh, this offseason here. They got um, they got Chase Edmonds they signed, and then they uh, they signed Mostert Raheem Mostert, which has kind of been um, injury plagued the last season and a half, really, but has shown some like major explosiveness. Um, so I think really the question here is, um, who's the starter? And then if you have one of them, who, uh, you know, do you like it or not? You know, like, is it, is it a, you know, sell or trade or who do you like out of those two, uh, backs? Well, here's the thing. I've always, like most just tricky, right? Because like when he plays, he's always really good. Like, but he's he's another one who's never healthy. So, like, I think if you've got Mostert, you're happy that you get starts out of him early in in the season because I think that's I think eventually what's going to happen is Edmonds will fall more into that third round third down back role and Mostert will come up the gates as the starter, but then Mostert will probably get hurt and then Edmonds will start getting more work. So. <laughs> Take, I mean, that's kind of my take on it is if you got Mostert, you probably want to have Edmonds. Um, and if you got Mostert, you'll probably be happy the first couple of weeks until he goes down with an injury. <laughs> yeah. No, I think like, um, I think if you're an Edmonds owner in Dynasty means um, you probably either went, you know, kind of all in on him last year before the James Conner show. And then you kind of got disappointed by, his playing time and the fact that he got hurt. So then um, you're probably, you probably over, you know, oversold him to have him on your team soon. I wouldn't be happy having him. Um, and if you're a moster, it's kind of the opposite to where maybe two years ago, if you're a dynasty, you probably went in on him, but then like, he's just been soaking away on your, on your bench or IR, you know, the last like year and a half or so where everybody forgot about him. You can't really trade him. Um, but I'd be happy to have him, honestly. Like, I think with, um, you know, McDaniel um, coming over to Miami um, as the head coach, you know, like, what do you know? He got one of his backs from San Francisco, right? So there's already somebody from familiar with that offense, um, you know, and that's actually one of – that's his strongest suit as a as a offensive mining coach. So I kind of like that fit. I would actually take Mostert here. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really buy too high on Edmonds, with the exception of what you mentioned. If he gets hurt, so I think Mostert has the bigger appeal. You know, the week to week, like blow up games or whatever. But um, like you said, I mean, he does does get injury. You know, injured quite a bit too. So I'd be a little worried. But I do too. I like Mostert in this situation. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I just don't. I just can't trust Mostert enough not to have his handcuff. It, yeah, you know, no, no, know. that's true. That's true. If you have Mostert or or Edmonds, try to get the other one. I, it's probably a good play to go hand, you know, get the handcuff there. I agree. And then I guess while we're on Miami, you, you know, while while we're talking Miami, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going to make it to this podcast this week because <laughs> it's like your Chiefs. Every move they make, two steps forward, they they take two steps back with some of the other moves. Now, obviously we're talking about Tyreek Hill. Now let me preface this with saying this is a 
dynasty fantasy football podcast, right? Uh, and football in general, but the, I mean, the crux of it are DraftKings, dynasty, and and fantasy, right? Would you say that's the bulk of our conversation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to – most of our talks are going to come in the season of who to play, you know, in, in, in DraftKings and daily fantasy. I mean, right now, yes, we're talking dynasty moves, fantasy football moves and, uh, and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, uh, Tyreek Hill going to Miami. So, you know, I think – you know, I was kind of brought back. I'm going to try to not play my, you know, personal take over this and talk about, you know, the Chiefs. Over it. I'll, I'll try to be, you know, pretty objective over it. Um, you know, I think a couple things to try to look at is what does this do to some players, right? I think the first conversation we want to have is like, first of all, what do you think that does to Tyree Kill? Um, and I'll let you give your opinion first on like Tyree Kill stat. You know, if you're a Tyree Kill owner, you know, what 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 are you thinking right now? And then uh, I'll I'll uh, kind of follow up after you. Okay, yeah. So before I get into that, I kind of was like, I was kind of stacking up to say that that the reason why I was saying it's a dynasty and DraftKings heavy podcast because I think the move was great if you're a Chiefs fan for the long haul uh, because if you're a Fairweather fan, you're probably not happy with it. But if you're a you know tried and true Chiefs fan, you got to look at all the picks they got back for a speed wideout who's 27, and most of the time those guys generally do not continue to excel. At some point, they they slow down and and they, it's not like they have the frame to to fall back on and become like a possession wide out, right? So if you're if you're looking at it as a Chiefs fan, I think you got to be overall happy with the haul they got for Tyreek Hill. Now that I've said that, I'll get into your question. Uh, number one, I'm fading Tyreek Hill in almost every <laughs> possible way with Dynasty and or Fantasy. Unless Miami goes out and gets a quarterback who can actually throw the football, because I, a, I honestly it doesn't even make sense to me because isn't isn't Waddle essentially the same thing as Tyreek Hill? He's just like a poor poor man's version of Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Is it like not like they're the same exact style player? They they're very fast. They're gonna catch these balls. They're gonna do some gimmicky things like. I, I mean, unless they're trying to go full-blown gimmick and a lot of trickery, I don't I don't understand how you – I honestly think Miami would have been better served going out and getting Allen Robinson than Terry Kill. Okay. Yeah, no, I, um, I was kind of with a lot of bandwagoner, like, things right off the top, you know, when this, when this trade happened. Um, you know, I was like – you know, hey, what does this do to the Chiefs? I agree with it. So, like, franchise-wise, I think it's a good move for the Chiefs. You know, a little, you know, interesting on the Dolphins' side, you know, like from, uh, you know, their plan of attack. But, um, you know, I think they're trying to they're trying to make a statement here. Um, I'm going to maybe surprise you here. I'm going to – I'm going to – this is going to be an alternative universe, I think, here, where, like, what I'm saying is not going to make sense at first, but then – Maybe by the end of the the whole thought, you'll get you'll you'll kind of follow me, right? So, um, I think Tyreek stat Tyreek stats next year, his overall points are going to drop, right? Like he's not going to be wide you know top three. He's not going to be a top four wide receiver in the league. Um, he could be, but I don't think that's now into the the question. Um. At the same time, I do think he can still be like a five or six wide receiver that is a little more consistent. Like, you know, we we kind of joked about it a lot. You know, when he was with the Chiefs, it's like, all right, is Hill going to have an explosive 150-yard, three-touchdown game, or is, is it going to be more of a Kelsey game, right? Um, I actually think if you're an owner of Hill and you're not 
finding a, you know, a big time trade to do. I don't think you panic here. I think depending on how your team is built, you know, like if you're a win now team, I don't think you panic, panic, honestly, because I do think Tyreek's going to be going to put up more consistent numbers. I think he's going to get more catches per game, going to get a lot of targets. Um, and he's still going to make those crazy plays. Like he doesn't have to get those long Patrick Mahomes deep throws. You know, you saw he can still make um, a huge play out of like a, a four yard pass. Right. So it's, it's a little backwards thinking, but I actually think his overall points goes down, but his consistency goes up. Um, and that that's kind of just my two cents with it. I think if you're Tyreek Hill owner, I, I think I don't think you really truly have to panic. Okay. All right. I can see that. I mean, I'm I'm hitting the eject button on him, but here's the other reason why. And this is something I don't think a lot of people look at, but it's kind of something that I'm I've looked at is uh he's now playing in the AFC East. Different ball game than playing in the AFC West. Right? That your AFC West is you're gonna get into shootouts. And you're going to play in an offense that has to score to keep up where he's now going to a division where you've got New England, who's going to play a very good style of defense. They're going to play a bulk ball control offense where they're going to slow the clock down. Yeah. You've got the jets who, you know, the jets are the jets. And then you've got the bills I don't necessarily think playing that division is going to do him any favors either from a fantasy perspective. I, I don't yeah. think, you know what I mean? I, I think it's, he's going to be going against two of the premier defenses four times, four times a year now. True. I agree. I mean, he, he's not on a team that's scoring 30 plus points a game anymore. So like his, he's got to take care of his targets and, you know, get his, get his catches in where, I think it that sort of kind of even fits in kind of what I was saying too, to where he may just get a crap load of targets this year and he may still put up a lot of PPR points and have like a, a, a big play. Like he'll probably have a big play, you know, once every two games that gets you, you know, a decent score. So, you know, instead of projecting 18, 19 points a week, he may be in the like the, 15 16 range because of the sheer targets and receptions on you know that's that's kind of just where i'm at i could be like brutally wrong but um like i said i think that's how the whole math of it works out is like i think it's just point rate drops a little bit but you may be happy on the consistency side because i i can't see them not throwing a tyree kill no i i i agree the only problem is like Tua can't throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, if, if anything, if any, I, I think if, if there's one person whose stock goes up in this whole scenario is Gasecki. Like, I think he ends up reaping the best rewards. He resigned, he re-upped with Miami, right? He did. Yeah. He's back, yep. So I, I think having – Two weapons like Tyreek Hill and Waddle who can burn down the field are just going to open up tons of stuff underneath for a guy like Kaseki, who's already a freak talent, and they line him up in the slot anyways. I agree. I agree. You know I mean, what I mean? He, he could he be gets, a top three tight end. He could really yeah. be a top three tight end this year. I think so. I mean, he probably – it, it may be a little reverse what we're saying. He may not get as many slot looks as he did last year. He may not get like the re- the targets, but he's gonna get like those big down, big third down plays, uh, big time red zone threat, right? Like so, he's still gonna be. They're gonna be focused on what they're what what the gimmickiness they're doing with Waddle and, and Hill, and then that you just like wide open in the end zone. So, um, I can see that happening as well. So G- Gasecki, I don't think Gasecki's stock changes in this. Um, you're probably a little disappointed if you're a Waddle owner. I think um, what you maybe try to hope for is that McDaniel does a little Debo action, you know, with uh, with Waddle next year to give him, you know, maybe giving the ball run, you know, doing doing some like jet sweeps or possibly lining up in the backfield. 
Um, they're going to have a fast offense with Mostert, Hill, and, and Waddle, so they can maybe get pretty tricky in the running game. I mean, you got to think that's what he's going to bring to the table, you know, coming from San Francisco. So um, it'll be interesting. I, I think different ways they're going to use these guys. Um, but, yeah, I think you're probably a little disappointed if you're a Waddle um, owner because you're probably looking way forward to this season before this trade if you're you're a Waddle Waddle owner. Yeah, I agree. I think I think like I said, I think it could all change if somehow Miami doesn't have faith in Tua, they go out and get a, a quarterback, you know, via the draft or whatever the case may be, and all of a sudden they've got a guy who can, you know, move the ball downfield better. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think the target here hurts Waddle. But I think if you're a Waddle owner, you're not happy about this move. Like you're not, right? Not at all. But okay, right. on the flip on the flip side of it, on the flip side of it, if you're a Juju owner, and uh, I happen to be a Juju owner, <laughs> I can tell you right now, I am grinning ear to ear with Tyreek Hill not in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we we were talking about, hey, is it going to be a, a thousand yard, three thousand yard receivers? But yeah, now you don't have to worry about that anymore for sure. And yeah, and we were pumping up Juju, Juju, the last couple well, weeks. He, his stock just rises for sure. Yep. And he's on a show me deal too, right? Is he on a one year deal? He is, which is even Ooh. crazier because it, yeah. even though he's, it's a one year deal, but on top of it. Only three. It's a ten million, ten million dollar contract was only three million guaranteed. The rest of the seven million in one year is all incentives. So oh, he's if, gonna crush oh, it. Oh, that's, he's gonna, he's yeah, gonna crush that's it. huge. Seven million in incentives is crazy. Yeah, he's gonna crush it. He's going. He's gonna go out crush it, and then they're gonna re up him, or he's just gonna go to the biggest available market. Yeah. Yeah, I, agree. I see. I see only good things happening for Juju from here on out. Yeah, that's like, huge. I agree. I think. Yeah, I think Juju, um, perfect spot to have him. I think his stock rises. I mean, even if they go out and draft a, a wide receiver, and I they just got Maldez Scantling too, but um, that's not going to change Juju's stock. Not like none of those guys will. Um, even a even a high profile rookie won't. I don't think so. You're you're probably safe with Juju. I'm thinking. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you who does have to step up though. Is your boy Hardman? Yeah, he's gonna have to take a big step, like because he he's gonna be the speed guy. So like, yep, yeah, he needs to kind of fill in for Tyreek. Really, I mean, unless they want to keep drafting, you know, draft a wide receiver. But it is Hardman. It's he's really got to step up. Maybe this was all planned a few years ago when they drafted a four-two guy. When you had Tyree Kill, a 26-year-old or 25-year-old Tyree Kill, maybe th- this was a little bit planned a little bit as, you know, draft players for a read offense, right? Like just get players in place that know the system that can step in. And who knows? This could have been the plan last year that, you know, wasn't really talked about too much. But, you know, another guy that I think is, a, is more valuable ever than before, which, you know, kind of raising in the dynasty uh um you know age books here where you once you know once you start hitting your 30s people are like oh no I don't want him anymore but I think Travis Kelsey once again is going to even be more val- um you know valuable we talked about um you know when is are we going to start seeing a drop off from Kelsey I don't think this is the year now especially with Tyreek Hill leaving I think he's just as valuable as he ever was um so yeah, I think I think Kelsey has another big year. Um, definitely says to be a Kelsey fan. I mean, even in Dynasty. I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm a Kelsey owner. I'm actually, um, you know, I'm I'm still calm having Kelsey on my team, even though he's getting up there in age. Yeah, I like. I think Kelsey has a big year if he stays healthy. Um, which is no reason to think he won't. But you know, with age, you never know. Um, as a dynasty owner in Kelsey, though, uh, this might be the last year you can get top value for him if he has another big year. So, like, 
you got to play that game. You know what I mean? You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna yeah. as a dynasty owner, you're gonna have to play that game of like, do I keep him or do I let him go halfway through the season? I mean, you want to think about how you want to do that. It's going to be interesting. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. If you're making a playoff run, it's something like in our Dynasty 101 episode where if you're making a playoff run, you probably want to keep them for the playoffs. If you're not in the playoffs, you you probably try to package them up, you know, for someone else. All right. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Like it, it is going to be an interesting if you're a dynasty owner, you got Kelsey. It, it will be a little bit interesting. How are you going to play it? Because even if you are a playoff team, how many more years are you going to get Kelsey to produce? Because we all know the clock's ticking. Like, so is it one? Is it two? Is it three? Where's the cutoff? Where you? Because because this is something we we didn't talk too much about. But like in dynasty, you actually have to think about when am I going to maximize the asset and, and turn it? Right. 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 So like, that's absolutely one of those things. Like, for example, I just dealt uh, Deandre Hopkins, right. I was, I felt coming into this year, even if Hopkins rewinds the clock and has a big year, I would, I thought, he's not going to have many left. And at some point he's going to fall off to a point where I won't be able to get a max value for him. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think, you know, another relatable guy is um, Julio Jones is one of the or wide receivers in general, but Julio Jones is probably the best example I can think of in my, my short term dynasty career is, um, you know, I think I mentioned in that one-on-one episode that, you know, when I was new to the dynasty, I came in when we were sharing the team and you had just traded Julio and you got like the second pick of the draft. Like that was probably like one of the peak. That was probably, you probably traded him at his peak because you started seeing him downhill the next couple of years. Right. And then like last year is either, you know, hurt or he wasn't as dominating as what he was in years past. So that's a good example of like, if you hold on to those guys that even are still playing, they're not putting up the numbers they used to. And the way you end up trading for is not near the same value as what you could have got the year prior. So um, a lot of good examples like that, but I think Julio Jones comes to mind as, as one. Yeah. I just think so with Kelsey, you're going to find yourself playing that game. Like, and you don't want to be you don't want to be stuck holding the bag, so to speak. Where it's like you're like shit. I waited too as a dynasty. It yeah. doesn't matter in redraft. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter in redraft. But as a dynasty owner, you know that the clock's ticking, and you've got to you've got to almost like time it perfect. Right. You know where well, you like you don't you want to give Kelsey away, but at the same time, you'd also don't want to hold him too long because it's like shit if he has a catastrophic injury and he's older and it's like damn it yeah you know, i, I could have got so much more for him right like <laughs> yeah i agree i mean the the only thing is tight end position is probably i personally have a little different set of rules with where like i'm not as age you know i don't worry about his age as much with tight ends as i do wide receiver and running backs because like those positions have the a lot major drop off than tight ends do. I think some of the great tight ends ever do it. They were always good until the day they retired too. So um, if that's the thing is we always talk about trading, but you know, if, if you get full value from guys that are, are better at their position than alternatives, then it may, you know, I'm not against sometimes maybe running a guy off to the sunset like Kelsey. If you got younger guys below them, like, um, you know, some some young 21, 22 year olds that are getting better every year, uh, maybe hold on to those guys. And that's just another strategy that, I mean, you know, maybe unless you can get blown away and somebody's way overpaying for guys, then I say, hey, trade them all day. But I don't usually say this too often, but like I'm not against like writing some guys out, you know, like in the tight end position is a good example. Quarterback sometimes too. 
with Brady and them. Like the the value what you get from him in those seasons are just so high that you're just you're maybe okay with just them retiring and then you gotta you hopefully you got a plan in the background too. I mean it's a different way. I know I know we talk about trading a lot and in our leagues we trade a lot too, but if you got a backup plan just similar to like real NFL teams, like you roll with your backup plan and you got it covered too. So I think that's also a route that I think can be available. But if if you do stuff like that without a plan, then you're kind of just in a, you know, dynasty uh, nightmare. Yeah. I think, I think if you got Kelsey and you want to ride it out off to the sunset, maybe you got two value years out of them, then hopefully you've got someone like a Gasecki. Right. Or, you know, like a, someone like no fan or somebody like that. Someone young, someone young that you're not going to worry about it. You know, or, you know, and Albert O was like a perfect guy to have right now <clears throat> if you want to ride it out with Kelsey because Albert O's stock is probably through the roof and he's only like 23, 24 years old. He's young, right. you know. Right. So let's, let's say Kelsey plays two more solid peak years and then retires. And Albert O is going to mature at that point. He'll be 25, 26. Now you've got another five years out of that guy. So, yeah, that's to your point. It's nothing wrong with keeping the guy if you've got a good contingency plan. I've always, like, I always use Waller as my example. Like, I had him in a, in a league in, in which I wish I had traded him uh, a year ago. Like, he's great, and he's still, like, to me, is tight end number two potential. But the value dip in Dynasty was just so dramatic from two years ago. Right. Where, like, no, I agree. You could have got a shit ton for Waller like <laughs> yeah. two years ago. Oh, yeah. And what you're going to get for him now. Like, and yeah. that's, and at that point, you got to, now you are riding it out. Now, you, <laughs> because you're not going to like the offers you get back for him. Right. 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 Like, riding out is probably higher value than the trades the league will give you at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And yep. at that point, you're going to just ride it out. So, right. But I think we're enough on the Tyreek thing. We, we we agree Kelsey's gonna go up, Juju's gonna go up. Uh, Hardman needs to take a big step. Um, but while we're talking Chiefs, what is your take, Brown? I'm gonna ask you. Okay, there's a two part question for you. All right. As a Chiefs fan, I want an answer as a Chiefs fan. Okay. Right. All right. And then I then I want an answer as a fantasy slash dynasty owner. Okay. okay. All right, as I know where you're Chiefs, going with this. As a Chiefs fan, what's your take on them signing Rojo? Okay. And then as a dynasty owner, how would you feel as a Rojo owner? Or how would you feel as a CEH owner? All right. The, All right. the floor is yours, Mr. Brown, as the, oh. as the resident Chiefs expert. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, as a Chiefs fan, I love it. Like a huge move, great. Great signing. Um, they got him cheap. Um, he's, you know, he he he's got speed. He's got power. Rojo. Um, he's the perfect piece we needed. He's an upgrade from um, Daryl Williams. Um, you know, I play. You know, he's played with Brady, so I'm sure he's picked up a couple couple things or two as well. So, great, great, great piece. Solid pickup. Um, I can't complain like one bit. I think he complements the offense like perfectly. Um, now, however, <laughs> from a dynasty or fantasy perspective, I guess we 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 frame everything in dynasty, right? We're like anti-redraft this show, right? So <laughs> from a dynasty perspective, um, it is a one-year deal. So I'm not like jumping for joy over the whole situation. I mean, Chiefs running backs in general is not too – I mean, it's not back in the Andy Reid um, – um, uh, what what was his name? What uh, Westbrook, right? Westbrook. What? Yeah, Philadelphia Westbrook. Philadelphia Westbrook. Yep, yep. So Brian Westbrook. Yes. So that's who they thought they were uh, drafting was Ch. Where they found out like either yeah, and and Mahomes started checking down more. So it's like 
CH was not getting the passes we all thought he was going to be getting. So he wasn't getting you that PPR value. And, um, you know, he, he can't stay healthy. He can't be like a three down guy. So um, they had to go out and get uh, Rojo. And that's going to just drive you crazy from a dynasty perspective. Now, if I got to choose between the two now on a week-to-week basis, um, I'm actually leaning more towards uh, liking Rojo more. Just because I think um, I think he's going to be the goal line guy. I think, you know, I think he's going to be now. Ch may be doing more in the offense, and they might be using him to do a lot of different things. Um, but he's going to get like those hard to get yards, is my opinion. Like he's going to get things that don't really—they're not flashy in the stat line. Um, he's probably still going to help the Chiefs, you know, get some get some wins. But um, I don't like him for fantasy. I probably would. Um, I'm kind of. Fading more CH, and I'm kind of, you know, if I got to play, if I got to pick between the two, I think Rojo better year out of the two from a uh, fantasy perspective. All right. Well, I appreciate that as a Rojo owner. <laughs> and I'm glad, I'm glad no one wanted him because now I'm going to reap the rewards. So I wrote down on my notes, which you can't see because I knew. I kind of knew the topics for this episode, right? And then I wrote down the words Rojo. I wrote down the words 50-50. And then I wrote down the words until CEH gets hurt. <laughs> That's my take on it. So to start the year, there'll be an even ball sheer. I think Rojo will get more running plays. CEH will get more passing plays. Yep. I think that's kind of how that's going to go. And I think Rojo will get the goal line. I agree with you. And then I just think that at some point, CH will get hurt. And then Rojo, who's already proved he can catch the ball of the backfield. Um, he'll stop becoming more of a, uh, every down player. And at that point, I'll, I will really cash in. Yeah. So that's, that's my take on Rojo CEH. I think if I'm trying to be objective, and not just like go with the fact that I have Rojo in in Dynasty. I think that Ceh is probably a more talented guy. Like if you watch him when he's healthy, he probably offers you more to your like your eyeballs. Right. The problem is I'm not sure his frame and and the way he's built is meant for three downs in the NFL. Yeah, and I, remember I told you that was my. Did I not tell you that was my concern with him when he was a rookie coming out of college? Oh yeah, no, I think honestly, the more I've watched him, I've 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 turned. I hate to say it, but I've turned less of a fan with him for the NFL just because, like you said, yeah, I think he tries to play too big for what he is. Like he, he's he he runs really hard. He tries to get the extra yards. And I think that's why he gets hurt more often is he's fine. He's putting up too much of a fight. I think, you know, if you really watch how he runs, he's, he, he could do that in college, right? Like at, at LSU, he could run over people and he can make these flashy plays and he's finding out he can't do that in the NFL. So if he's not getting the ball in the passing game, you know, it's not, it's not pretty, but one thing I will say, I do think it's a, it is, you know, you say 50, 50, I think CH is probably going to get a little higher share in the beginning of the year, kind of similar to that Chase Edmonds, uh, James Conner situation last year in Arizona. Um, because, one, because of the Andy Reid offense, like kind of seeing it where it takes guys a little bit, you know, a little bit, especially running backs. Like Andy Reid does not trust his running backs for a while until he, he knows they know the playbook. Um, so I do – I would watch out the first three weeks with Rojo – um, I don't think he's a day one starter, um, but to your point, I think he becomes the starter. Like I think he takes that share over as the season goes on. So I, I agree with you on that, but I would watch out like opening few weeks. All right. So that like segues us perfectly to uh, Rojo's old running mate, Leonard Fournette in Tampa, re-signing with Tampa. What do you think of that, Mr. Brown? 
that is um you know it's it's you know we we bring up the word sexy a lot on the show <laughs> you know it's not a sexy signing because he's what he's like what 27 i want to say 27, yeah, 27. 27 yeah he's like 27 year old uh running back and you know for to dynasty owners 27 year old running back makes you like makes you cringe right like just thinking about it right so like we've kind of living in the the world of um you know uh football to where we think guys just um kind of go off you know and they become mr irrelevance but um here it is kind of interesting i I think i think the bucks make a pretty big um you know run it you know run it back tour where without rojo on the team they got fournette and they got um oh help me with the name uh the guy everybody tried to draft two years ago Vaughn, Vaughn Keyshawn, Ke- Ke- Keyshawn, Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn. They got Keyshawn Vaughn. So, I mean, yeah, he, he took a couple steps last year. But ultimately, Fournette's proven that he can catch the ball, uh, run the ball, he can score touchdowns. I think, you know, he was RB6 last year. And um, here's the thing. I think he can repeat it. I mean, it's, like I said, it's not sexy. It's not uh, as, a, as a running back uh, in Dynasty, but... I think he's a top running back again. Um, I hate to say it to all Dan- dynasty owners out there, but I think Fournette's going to put up some some pretty decent points this year, and I think he I think he's still top ten running back this year. Yeah, I I wrote on my notes. I literally wrote three words with three exclamation points. I wrote Fournette will eat. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <clears throat> He's another like he's a perfect example of someone if you own him in dynasty and you know your team is not good enough to win it all and he's racking up points which we both I think if I'm if I'm understanding what you're saying uh, I'm agreeing if, if he's racking up points that it's he's 27 at some point if you own this guy and you are not for if you do not see your team as a contender for a championship. He's a perfect example of someone that you sell high, like right now. Right. Right. Because his value is not going to get any better than where it's at coming into the season or at the midway point through the season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm like pretty confident in it as well, where if you don't, if you're not like super happy with like trade offers or whatever, like maybe let it go into the season and let it, let him prove himself or like do a little prove yeah. it deal, prove it deal on your own. Let him put up a couple 20, 20, 30, 40 point fantasy point games. And then, uh, you know, and then try to trade them and you'll get a huge return on them. Um, I think you can get some, you know, from when now guys, I think, um, I think you can get, get a pretty penny in return. If you, you trade uh Lenny. Yeah, and I think, I mean, at the end of the day, like if you're a defense scheming to stop the Bucks, he's kind of like the last guy you're worried about. Like, there's too many other things you're concerned about from a defensive scheme. Like, so Lennon Fournette by default is going to get. There, there were times where he ran into the end zone untouched. Yeah, like, like not even touched. Because, like, you're just worried about Godwin on a crossing route, a, a quick slant in the red zone. You're worried about Mike Evans on, you know, fade routes. Then you got Gronkowski, who's an absolute just nightmare in the red zone. I think he's the highest red zone uh, ratio for touchdowns in tight end history. Oh, first yeah. start. Like, and it's ridiculous. And, and, and what you love the most are the times where – Brady still passes it to him at like a three yard dump off pass and you get a couple extra point touchdown out of it too. Yeah. And that happened a few times last year as well. Well, he may catch it for three yard, three yard touchdown pass. And no one's near him. No one's near just, him. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone is just so concerned and by, you know, with all good reason, <laughs> if you're a defensive coordinator, Aaron Brown, Fournette is the least of your worries. Like, the guy's gonna eat. He's gonna continue to eat. If if you're in a, if you're 
a win now team, he's the perfect piece to have. If you're a team on the rebuild, he's the perfect piece to sell now. Or like you said, midway through the season when he's ripping up, you know, 20, 30 point games and you go and you get yourself a young piece and some draft capital for him. Yep. That's, that's my, that's my dynasty take on him. Well, while we're in the NFC South, right? Is that NFC South? Is that Tampa? It is. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Can we talk about potentially the worst team in the NFL next year? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I almost forgot who the heck are you even talking about? But yeah, no, I got you. Falcons, right? Falcons yeah. got a running back. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they man. got themselves a running back, I'd say. <laughs> um, Here's the. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead with that. Here's the deal with Cordarell Patterson. Um, in a PPR scenario, I mean, God, you, you love him. Like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, uh, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, and they don't have any weapons other than Kyle Pitts. So I think by default, I think Patterson was RB12 last year. Something. Yeah. He was pretty good. He was high. He He was pretty high. He was pretty high up there. He did drop off in the end of the season, but yeah, he overall rankings, he was he was up there. I think it goes to your like the thing you like to say, Aaron, like we were talking about with wide receivers, like if he's your number one running back, you're not gonna be happy at the end of the year. But if he's like your your number one flex, I think you're pretty good with it. Or your number two flex, I think you're pretty good with it. Um, he's gonna score. He's gonna score points because who the hell else is other than Kyle Pitts? Right. I mean, what? I mean, what's your take on Cordrell Patterson from a dynasty perspective? Uh, you know, I'm a little indifferent. A little bit. I'm. I didn't really get fully on the hype train. I was like. I, I loved your take last year. You caught him right at the right time. When, and he, I think you called him the first week he broke out. Um, I loved him in daily fantasy. Like if you got him a couple of, those, couple of those weeks when he was like emerging. But like a true RB1 on the team. Like you got to think Atlanta isn't going to like roll with it like that. Because he didn't look that great when he was just a traditional running back. Like even though Mike. Mike Davis was horrible last year. I do think it kind of took a couple failed, like failed attempts, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, getting stopped on first and second down and getting like a third, third and long to, to, you know, throw a screen to Patterson or something to like for him to kind of flourish. So I don't know. I don't know. It, it depends. It depends if they keep on, um, if they don't draft, you know, may, maybe, Maybe they grab like the Kenneth Walker or Spiller or somebody like that this year. And I probably still want to be too afraid of um, having Patterson because I think his game will continue second and third down and whatnot and kind of giving the rookie a little chance to have playing time. Um, but also, you know, keep keep zoning in on Patterson too because he's like 30, 31. I know. You know, maybe the dynasty guys they look at it more sometimes than the NFL. They, I think, NFL coaches know if you can still play football or not. I think he proved himself he can still play football and pretty, pretty high level last year. I like him. I just, I don't know. I'm indifferent with him. I'm not. I I would be more where I would be trying to just trade his hype right now. If I had Patterson, I would try to trade his hype right now if you can before they draft a rookie or something like that and becomes a third down back, I'm kind of more on like leaning towards trading them if I owned them, but that's just me. Yeah. I think I kind of, uh, here's my, like it's, I'm in a quandary with Patterson because like he was successful for a lot of dynasty. I mean, in the league we're in, like I think Patterson was the only reason why, one of the teams was like was on the door knocking on the playoffs was because of Patterson. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, 
I guess what the question I'm I have is like, what's the comp right now? Is like two pick two one. Would you trade pick two one for Patterson? Yeah, I probably that's probably a good comp. I'd probably do two one for Patterson for sure. Yeah, I think that's how probably- high. What's the latest pick you take for Patterson? The latest. The late. What? What would? What would you settle on? Meaning, like, if you take two one, would you go up to like two five? No, I wouldn't go that far. You want to go that far? No, yeah, because maybe like two four. I would say yeah, maybe like two four. I'm probably somewhere around two three. Oh, because of Patterson's age, I, I'm entertaining round two. But like, let's say he was like twenty six or twenty five, and he's the receiving back. You know, I I'd probably say late round one. Yeah. But Given he's in his thirties, I yeah. But I agree with you. I think now's the time to kind of deal him because, like, if Atlanta drafts a running back, it's his value is going to plummet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely feel out who I would definitely entertain offers. Like, throw him on the trade block, see what you get, see if he can get turn it into a you know a nice nice uh, trade piece. If he can't, then um, yeah, then maybe you know maybe you roll with him a little bit, but. Um, I definitely would feel out some, some trade offers. All right. All right. Well, let's close it out with uh, one of the best questions we got here in Brown. And that is so far during the NFL off season, who do you think has uh, positioned themselves better? Who's made, who's made the necessary moves to take a, the, a bigger step in the right direction? I'll let you I'll let you lead off with your pick before I give you mine. All right. All right. So I'm gonna kind of think out loud. I, I was I was thinking between Dolphins and the Browns. And I ended up saying the Browns. Right? Because I think the reason why I didn't choose Dolphins, I think the Dolphins are in the right direction. I think they got two solid linemen. Tyra Kill. I think they're I think they, they're putting themselves in a position where they were already gave teams trouble last year and now they're dancing on the door with, you know, like a not you know, like a 10, 10 one season. Like can can certainly, you know, with their de- they we talked about it a lot last year. They have a pretty decent defense, right? If they get some pass rushers. Um the reason I didn't is because I think they invested too much in Tyree Kill. Like I think you talked about it already. He's too uh, he's getting too old, you know. You're just throwing picks away, you know. If it doesn't work out, you know, you're in the 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 you know the time and with the Josh Allen era where it's like they're at their maximum strength as a team. So like, what are you really doing? You know, giving away your your draft picks of the future, you know, for Tyreek. Um, so that's the reason why I didn't go with the Dolphins. Although I do like a lot of their offseason moves. Um, so I did end up saying the Browns. Um. Just for the fact, I think they, they, I think they, um, I think they made the right move with Watson. I think, um, you know, they are already a very talented team. You know, they're just a year off from when they went to the AFC Championship. You know, a game away from Super Bowl. You know, it's kind of proven in the NFL. That's what you need. You need that elite level quarterback, kind of get you over the the hump, get you over the bump. And, uh, you know, they got, they already have a good running game, a good defense and you add an elite QB. I think that's in like complete contention with playing against Burrow and Lamar, um, in that division to where, you know, they're, they're going to be a serious team to mess with. So, I mean, it's not a series of moves, but I think that just that one main move is like really put them in a very competitive spot. So I'm going Browns. All right, all right. So I like where your head's at. I'll disagree, but um, I, the reason why I like where your head's at is because I've said it, I mean, at length and at nauseum, is if there's one position that can change how your team uh, goes f- from a perspective of, like, you were down to the dumps, you were a bad franchise, to all of a sudden you're good it's the quarterback position, right? So uh, that's why I said I like where your head's at with with uh, Deshaun Watson. I was between the Browns, the Broncos, and the Colts. And I went with 
the Colts. I was between I, – I, I had it down to the Broncos and the Colts, and I went with the Colts because I I just did uh, addition by subtraction, basically. What I, what I mean by that is they, they got rid of Carson Wentz and they added Matt Ryan, who's already proven that he can play at an MVP level and can play – uh, to win games and not lose them, right? Adding it to a team that already has a, probably the best running back in football, arguably one of the top offensive line units in football, and a young and emerging defensive unit. And here's the other reason why. Is that division not the most winnable division in football? So I think the Colts – position themselves just by adding a franchise quarterback to, to win their division. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like that take too, because it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't over the top. It wasn't some crazy move, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a a safe, safe move without giving up a lot. Right. Right. Like they, um, it was a, it put them in a better position, like you said. And, uh, you know, unlike some of these other trades that happen around the league, you know, with the Dolphins spending, you know, paying Tyreek Hill a salary of a quarterback and, and the Browns giving up, like, uh, you know, all those picks for Watson, you know, it's less risk. So I agree with you there. It's less risk to get a pretty high reward, um, you know, competing for that division against Tennessee. I agree with you. I think that was a very, you know, if I, if I was raining like that, that GM move, it was very, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't very risky. So I, I agree with you on that point, you know, from the, the risk factor involved. Well, yeah, I just looked at it too. It's like as great as adding Russell Wilson is, and it's great. I mean, you immediately, you immediately change the way your football team is going to play. Right. It, the reality is though, you still have to play, against the chiefs and you still got to play against Herbert and the Chargers, And now Devontae Adams is playing on the Raiders with Derek Carr. Like, that's, right. That's a Chandler over- Jones, Cleo Mack. Over yeah. Those the Chargers and the Raiders yeah, that, those are all, that's all like, that's all tough, tough sledding. Right. And then you, you'll look at Watson going to Cleveland once again, I just look at the division and it's like you got to play against the Bengals, the Joe Burrow, <laughs> who's just got a all pro offensive lineman. You're going right. to deal, you have to deal with that. Yeah. And then you got to deal with Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. Right. Yeah. Yes. Pittsburgh's on a rebuild, but if you're the Colts, are you like afraid of Tannehill? Right. Are you are you afraid of Trevor Lawrence? Nope. You know what I mean? Like so I I just kind of think it was kind of one of those sneaky under the radar smart GM moves where it's like we can draft a young quarterback to play behind Ryan. And I think I think it's kind of showing us like when you let those guys learn for a year or two, they end up way way better off than like their psyche getting damaged. And I think Ryan's like the perfect guy to play that role. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Depending on they get, I mean, if they get, I mean, I know a lot of fantasy owners might not like it, but if they get like Pickett or, you know, somebody like that, you know, one of these QBs in the draft that are good, but yeah, time, I mean, it's history shown first year QBs don't put up, you know, that great of numbers. You know, they make a lot of mistakes where if they 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 sit back that year, and I think I agree with you. Like Matt Ryan would be the perfect mentor to teach a lot. Um, but at the same time, um, he can lead them, you know, lead them deep into the playoffs as well. So yeah, yeah I just um, I thought the I scenario is the best. And I was between I was right with you on the quarterback. I definitely thought whoever adds a franchise quarterback has immediately improved their team. Like because we've said it at length, it is so hard to get a franchise quarterback. Look, I'm a Giants fan, and we're still trying to get a franchise quarterback. Like it's 
I'm not convinced that Daniel Jones is a franchise. I'll tell you right now, I don't think he is a franchise quarterback. But yeah. it's difficult to do that. You know, for every Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, there's a Jamarcus Russell, a Ryan Leaf. Like, it's not easy to get a franchise quarterback. And if you can get one relatively cheap like the Colts did, mm-hmm. I think that – you know, I think I just think that was I kind of think it was a sneaky, brilliant move. I really do. I think it was. it was like a sneaky, brilliant move on their behalf. You know, so yeah, no, they're gonna be they're gonna be sneaky team. They're they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be deadly. You know, I think a team that can run the ball on you at will and have a QB that makes smart decisions is always a good formula. And then yeah, their, they, their defense is no joke. You know, unhealthy. Like we didn't see. Buckner and Leonard healthy together the whole year. You know, when those guys are healthy, that team a team uh, flies around pretty well. Yeah, and if they, as well. if they can go add, uh, you know, an Olav, like, I, I mean, elite wide yeah. receiver in the draft, like, right to play opposite of Pittman. Oh, like, can you imagine if now, if I, we got to look at their, you know, maybe between, here, here in a while, we gotta look up what how much cap they have left off of this free agency. But imagine if they draft, if they sign like Bobby Wagner still. Yeah, like that would be a huge piece. Like that just puts them. Yeah, yep. Wagner or Matt. What your real peppers? Peppers, peppers would fit. Peppers, peppers would, would fit, fit with them. Yeah, that's. They're like sneakily, like very quietly <laughs> in a position. You know, the run game is already there. Their offensive line is already like. They are. They're doing it the right way, quietly, and adding Matt Ryan. I just think it's just brilliant. I think it's so smart. I think. Yeah. I think, like I said, I think it's addition by subtraction. <laughs> I think. I think you lose Carson Wentz, you immediately win three more games by adding Matt Ryan. Oh yeah. There's no way that Matt Ryan loses to the Jaguars with the playoffs on the line. Yeah, because if if you look at that, you know that they bumped the Raiders, right? Yeah, the Raiders bumped them. So can you imagine? So I mean, easily, let's say you put Matt Ryan in last year's playoffs, and they played first round against the Bengals. That game, the Bengals didn't really, you know, they they won the game against the Raiders, but that was anybody's game. I mean, could you see the Colts being the Bengals in the first round of Wild Card Week? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole playoffs would be different. Yeah, I will. I mean, think about it. Like, the, I mean, who the hell wants to play against John Jonathan Taylor in the playoffs? Like, right in, in an offensive line that absolutely mauled you, right? Running the football, like I don't think it is a. There wasn't a the the AFC as good as the teams are in the AFC. That, with the exception of like Buffalo. I don't think any of those other teams in the playoffs were a stout run defense. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so like that, that's like that, that would have been a really, really, really tough go to stop the Colts when they can run the football and have Matt Ryan kill you on play action and, and not make bonehead decisions. You know, that that's the end of the game there, but yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely see how it goes. Hopefully it's not a I mean, hopefully it's not another river situation. And you know, they've been a dark horse the last few few years. Actually, a lot of people are like, I don't know the Colts. You know, Colts got a team, but I mean we'll definitely see. I mean, every season's a new season. I'm, I'm sure there's some team we're not even considering right now, but I agree with you. I like what the Colts are doing. Um, you know, I'm 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 with you there overall on that. All right. Well, any hot takes for this uh to wrap this one up? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I wanted to speak some stuff into the universe, so my hot take last week hasn't worked yet. <laughs> um oh, cool. so yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna leave it leave it leave it there, you know. No no hot takes. Um you know, nothing that nothing that comes to mind. All right, I got a hot take for you. What you got? Rojo is gonna outscore Leonard Fournette this year in fantasy. Ooh. Dang, that's that hot. is that is that is hot. <laughs> that's a hot take. That is so, a hot take. 
I'm going right. Rojo. It has something to do with me owning Rojo, but listen, Chiefs running backs have always produced. Always. So Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll see. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean I don't I don't I don't, I don't really have a strong feeling over some of these guys that we we marked. I mean I, I, I could say that, um, you know, Tyreek's still top five, which I know is against most of the media. Um, I could still say – I could still see that. I can still see Tyreek is a, is a top five wideout still with the Dolphins, which makes everybody still want to puke. But um, I can see that with – you just got to think of Tyreek Hill in the other way. <laughs> so Yeah, I don't um, – with, with two of playing quarterback, I don't see it. I yeah. just don't see it. I don't – it, he doesn't play into Tyreek Hill's strengths. That's that's where I'm worried with it. That's God Almighty. How do you add two? Uh, I mean, how do you add Tyreek Hill and have two as your quarterback? I don't get. I don't understand <laughs> that at all. Maybe yeah, there's something no, else. Maybe there's the something else. Is, that's the thing is most you know. If you're not a Chiefs fan, most people know Tyreek Hill from his long, deep, crazy highlights from Mahomes. But you forget about a, he had so many dink routes or. You know, you you barely get it to him, and he gets an extra, you know, six yards on where where a guy's like almost in arm, or is basically in arms reach already from him, and he you know run, makes an extra eight yards out of it. But um, I I think he gets a lot of more sneaky points this year. You know, it's not so much like you know, there's some games he just, he would just get kind of shut out of the offense. You know, last year that um, not really a year before, but last year kind of got shut down. Um. I just think he gets so many looks, you know, just by the sheer amount of targets, he's going to get his catches. So I'm going to say he sneakily is maybe not top five. I'm going to say top. I'm going to say six, number six next year. Number six. All right. Yep. I'm going to say he's, he's not even top 10. Ooh. All right. I'm, I told you I'm fading him. Like you are definitely. Yeah, are. So I'm fading him. We got to write these down. Bring him back yeah. up. <laughs> All right, my man. Peace.